0: Good morning. So from 2 Timothy, chapter two, verse 14. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarrelling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenius and Philetus who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Yanes and Yombres opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Uh, Well, Alex, thank you so much for reading. Um, Well, let me add my warm welcome to you all uh, this morning. My name's Merv. um, I'm on the uh, leadership team here at St Anne's as well, and it's wonderful to see you here this morning. Well, I guess we've all heard that sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I guess we can get on board with that, can't we? We We live in the age of banter, the age of memes... Of social media. The internet gives us an audience beyond measure. And with our keyboard as our sword and the screen as our shield, controversial comments and delicious debates can sometimes be irresistible, can't they? The opportunity to be heard, to fight our corner, we just can't help it. And the same applies to church leaders as well, doesn't it? I mean, with the tide shifting and the country becoming less and less Christian, with guarding the good deposit, guarding the gospel um, from Paul still ringing in our ears from last week, the internet can be a really, really great place to defend ourselves. As a church leader so difficult not to get caught up in debates, especially when it's to do with the Bible. And in the early noughties, uh, the, the leader of a megachurch in America, Mark Driscoll, created an anonymous online persona. And he posted under the pseudonym William Wallace II. And he quarreled with those he disagreed, um, who disagreed with his stance on a number of hot topic issues. The things he said, and I've had to censor some of them, and the way he said them were provocative, to say the least. But is that really a problem? Does it really matter what he does in his own time? It's anonymous, isn't it, anyway? I wonder whether it would matter if you found a secret Twitter account that I'd set up um, with an anonymous persona what would I say and how I uh, conduct myself would what I said and how I really conducted myself would that matter so here's the question how much do you think your leader's words matter how much do you think your leader's words matter well 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14 says Warn them before God against quarrelling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. End of verse 18. They destroy the faith of some. Ladies and gentlemen, your leader's words are a matter of life and death. This morning, we're speaking about teachers, um, uh, these people whose trade is teaching people whose currency is their words and so this is a commandment for the preachers for the home group leaders for the sunday club leaders for the parents and for anyone who wants their words to be useful for the lord jesus how much do you think your leaders words matter we have two points this morning of eternal significance And both of them run right through the whole of our Bible text this morning. So it might feel like we're sort of dotting around the passage a little bit this morning. And Paul shows us, Paul shows Timothy in fact, two types of teachers whose words, whose messages have eternal consequences. And one message leads to life and the other message leads to death. Their their message is a matter of life and death. And that's our first point. Their message is a matter of life and death. Let me read from verse 14. Keep reminding God's people of these things, warn them before God against quarrelling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Now in these verses, Paul holds up two very different teachers side by side. One message leads to life, and the other, whose message leads to death. Well, let's listen to the first teacher, whose message leads to life. Verse 15, Paul says to Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker, which is a leader or a teacher, who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now look with me at the contrasting teachers in verse 17. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have departed from the truth. Now two contrasting teachers with two contrasting messages. One On the the one hand, correctly handling the word of truth. and On the other hand, one departing from the truth. Now the term correctly handling, um, forgive the uh, geekiness up there. Um, The term correctly handling here literally means cutting straight to, to cut straight to. And so what is their message, message, cutting straight to? Well their message is cutting straight to Christ. All the way through this letter, the Apostle Paul has emphasised how all of God's plans and purposes are directly about the Lord Jesus. The promise of love, faith, life, grace and salvation are all found in Christ Jesus. Those who trust in Christ are the faithful heirs of the Old Testament. And so correctly handling or cutting straight to the word of truth means taking the Old Testament to its ultimate destination, directly to the Lord Jesus. Their message cuts straight to Christ. I guess verse 19 really underlines this, doesn't it? These teachers who correctly handle the word of truth confess the name of the Lord. The type type of teacher uh, proclaims that Um, that the Lord Yahweh the God of the Old Testament has now come and his name is Jesus the teacher that correctly handles the word of God the word of truth correctly names Jesus as Lord their message cuts straight to Christ and their message leads to life but Hymenaeus and Philetus depart from the truth And they cut out Christ. They cut cut Christ out of their teaching. Let's take a look at verse 18. Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have departed from the truth, they say that the resurrection has already taken place. Now you see in first century Ephesus, this is exactly the situation that Paul is writing to at the time, the most momentous news is Jesus Christ raised from the dead. And last week, week, we heard that the chief reason to bear with suffering was to remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Now, Of course, Jesus already rose from the dead 30 years before this letter to to Timothy was written. But what Hymenaeus and Philetus are saying is that this resurrection happened 600 years before Jesus even walked the face of the earth. The resurrection they're talking about is when God miraculously rescued them from exile in Babylon. But you can see how this teaching cuts Christ out. Teachers like Hymenaeus and Philetus have departed from the truth. They've departed from Jesus Christ. And that, look at the end of verse 18, destroys the faith. If you depart, from Jesus Christ in your teaching, it destroys the faith of your hearers. Cutting Christ out leads to death. But speaking about Jesus week in, week out, as a leader is not easy because it cuts against the grain of culture. In fact, it, it takes a huge amount of courage in this day and age and speaking about Jesus being the fulfilment of the Old Testament in the first century would have been a direct danger for Timothy. It got Paul thrown in prison, and it got others lit up as human torches. Now the Jewish interpretation of the Old Testament at that point in time, I repeat, that at that point in time, would have kept you out of trouble. And so cutting straight to Christ required courage. For Timothy, that was very direct. For us, as a church, teaching Christ in the East End, I don't think we're in danger of being martyred, but I wonder whether our temptation, our danger, to not cut straight to Christ in our message might be oversimplifying things, and maybe risking missing the immeasurable richness of the gospel. I know that that's a particular temptation for me. How much do you think your leader's words matter? Well, we've seen that there's two types of teachers. One that cuts straight to Christ, and one that cuts Christ out. Two contrasting messages that lead to life and death. That's our first point. But it's not just their message that has eternal consequences. It's the way they teach, their manner that matters just as much. Their manner is a matter of life and death. That's our second point. Now, quarrelling is to be avoided at all costs. And Paul makes this point all the way through our passage here today. Verse 14, they're to avoid quarrelling about words. Verse 16, they're to avoid godless chatter. Verse 22, they're to flee the evil desires of youth. Verse 23, they're to to not have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Paul's warning about quarrelling is crystal clear, isn't it? Let's look at verse 14 again. Quarrelling is of no value. It ruins some of the hearers. It destroys the faith of some. It leads to death. But that's not it, though. Paul says quarrels are contagious. And like any diseases, without intervention, they lead to death. Read with me from verse 16 avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly their teaching will spread like gangrene among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus who have departed from the truth they say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some godless chatter becomes more and more ungodly then it spreads like gangrene before finally destroying the faith of some, quarrelling is like a spiral that leads to death. And gangrene is a revolting image, isn't it? Rotting flesh, spreading and bringing more rottenness and death. Gangrene, Paul says, is the manner of these false teachers, and it is repugnant. Quarrelsomeness leads. To death. But why is quarrelsomeness such a classic trait for false teachers? Well, it turns out that the manner of false teachers is so closely linked to their message. You see, Hymenaeus and Philetus have cut Christ out of their message. They're, they're ashamed of him. And so without Jesus, all they've got left is their clever quarrels about words. All they have left is the glory of winning the arguments. Because they've cut Christ out. The only thing they can promote is themselves. And a great way to justify themselves is by multiplying disputes. Cutting Christ out of your message leads to a quarrelsome and unchrist-like manner. You know just can't imagine Paul's main concern when writing this letter to trustworthy Timothy was that he would depart from the truth that he would depart from Jesus in his message but perhaps Paul was more worried about that that Timothy might adopt the manner of these false teachers that Timothy might just forget the Lord Jesus and become a little bit more like Philetus and forget the servant and begin to teach like Hymenaeus. And I suspect, if we're honest with ourselves, it might be a danger for us here at St Anne's too. This week, I've um, spent a few um, spent a few minutes actually um, speaking to a few peers at uh, Cornhill, the training course that I'm on on Fridays. Um, and we were saying that with this passage open, um, we had some real repenting to do because we recognise that quarrelsomeness leads to death. It's that serious, isn't it? Our text today begins in verse 14 by warning them before God against quarrelling. Verse 22, Paul wants Timothy to flee the, the evil desires of youth in the same way he wants the Corinthians to flee sexual immorality. I wonder, are we as committed to avoiding quarrelsomeness as we are from fleeing sexual immorality? Do we think that quarrelling about words would shipwreck a ministry as surely as an extramarital affair? Because God does. Paul warns teachers and leaders before God against quarrelling. And that is because the Lord Jesus was not quarrelsome. That's why in the same way that quarrelsomeness leads to death, Christ-likeness leads to life. Let's take a look at verse 24. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. We saw, didn't we, that the manner of false teachers, their quarrelsomeness, was directed, was directly affected by their message, which cuts Christ out. But when your message cuts straight to Christ, eventually it will affect your manner. And Christlessness, Christlikeness leads to life. Jesus was kind. He was compassionate, gentle. He didn't snuff out a smouldering wick. He did not break a bruised reed. And the Lord's servants will be like him. That's right, it is the unashamed worker that we saw in verse 15, the one who cuts straight to Christ that will be gentle whilst a false teacher cuts Christ out and will plunge into controversies and debates and disputes. Just take a look at verse 19. God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. You see, Timothy didn't need to quarrel because he knows. Verse 19 doesn't he? He knows his Lord lives. He knows that his Lord knows and that there's a solid foundation and an inscription. And that is so encouraging, isn't it? Because even if everyone around you is a false teacher, even if it is shameful to preach and teach Christ, you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to have the last word in the argument. You don't even need to argue. Because you know that the Lord lives and you know that He knows who are His. We saw that quarrelling sparks a chain reaction leading to death and destruction. But remarkably, remarkably, through gentle instruction, through kindness, Christ likeness leads to life. Look down at verse 24. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. I mean, there's no guarantee, is there? But just perhaps, Timothy... Perhaps if you're patient, if you're gentle, if you're kind, you might do the Lord's work and you might win some of these people. You might rescue some of these false teachers from, this, the, from the trap of the devil's snare. You might just win them back. Christ-likeness leads to life. But the whole message and manner of false teachers is deadly, isn't it? And Paul has made that crystal clear. But just in case there's a smidge of doubt or naivety, Paul gives us nine whole verses to make sure. As we conclude, let's read chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. But mark this, he says, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all sorts, all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres oppose Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected but they will not get very far, because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Paul says to Timothy, have nothing to do with these self-loving teachers who cut Christ out, and we must do the same. How much do you think your leader's words matter? Well, do you realise that the words that are said up front the words that are taught in a Bible study home group or in Sunday school, downstairs, or in a sermon that, um, that, that, that our words can lead you to life and to death. So it really matters what they say and how they say it. Even if you're a St Anne's regular um, on a Sunday, I wonder whether this passage gives us a little bit of wisdom on on who and what we listen to online during the rest of the week. You know, you can go on YouTube and listen to a thousand sermons, but do you realise that some of these sermons are medicine and some of them are poison? Some of the um, people who listen, who we listen to, will lead us to life and lead us to death have nothing to do with those leaders who lead you to death. Well, finally, I guess you need to ask us the same question. What are we teaching you? What do you think about our words, our message, and our manner? Well, first, before that, I hope that you will be praying earnestly that we would cut straight to Christ in our message and be Christ-like in our manner, because it really is a matter of life and death. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this warning. Thank you so much for the warning that Paul uh, gives Timothy. Thank you so much that um, you have taught us that Um, our leader's words really matter, our message um, is a matter of life and death and so is our manner. Father, um, we are so sorry when we get that wrong, um, but we are so grateful um, for this reminder. Father, would we be encouraging each other and praying for one another as we go forward? In Jesus' name we pray.